Welcome to Last Chance Theater. I'm Justin. And I'm Laura. This week we've watched Anastasia. Which is a 1997 animated film by uh, 20th Century Fox. <laughs> that sounds so weird when you say it like that. that. Well, it's pretty significant because if I remember correctly from when this movie came out, it was a big deal because, you know, Disney's the studio known for animated films. No, just was, the way that you have to like go like, this is a 1997 film. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's we've we've tried to say the year every time and i've usually gotten it wrong or had some kind of hiccup with it so <laughs> i'm happy i knew it this time no i just think it's funny that you get really hung up on the year i, I think it makes a, i think it makes a pretty big difference like i think i think especially when we're talking about like in comparison to other movies we've watched just some but like uh, it's, it's funny that you get really in, you get really excited about the year. I don't get excited. I just get excited to remember the year. Because a lot of times <laughs> I don't remember it, or there's like conflicts where the year says one thing on one place and one thing on another, and I can't remember or figure it out. Um, you know. And I, I mean, I looked at IMDb for the year on this one. I didn't trust the Netflix things. I was like, well, they've been wrong before. And then, and looking at INDB, I was like, oh, this thing is full of actors I actually know, and I couldn't tell any of them were the people that they were except for Christopher Lloyd. Well, I already told you that Meg Ryan was in it and John Cusack. Yeah, but I forget a lot of things. <laughs> and honestly, when you said that, it didn't mean that they were the main people, so I didn't know who, like, I wouldn't have known who they were. Like, I don't know what John Cusack sounds Seriously? like. Seriously? And... I mean, I haven't seen very many John Cusack things, like, honestly. That's so weird. And um, Kelsey Grammer is there, but his voice is so weird in this that I wouldn't have picked it out if I needed to. And Hank Azaria, like, Hank Azaria's voice is always something different. I have no idea what he sounds like normally, because he does so many different voices that I've heard. And I take that back. Angela Lansbury, I would have told that one, too, because that, that's pretty obvious. What about Bernadette Peters? Nope. Okay, well, you're not a theater person, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> She's done a lot of voice acting and stuff, because um, she has a very distinct voice. She was Sophie. There, there's a lot of voice actors that do a lot of voice acting, and I've only recently well, started Well, she's not a voice actor. She's a Broadway actor. But she's done a lot of voice but, acting I mean, because she has a very distinct voice. But I mean, like a lot of people do voice acting and I, I've picked up on that. Like even people that do both regular and voice acting, I've picked up on their voices from years of just hearing them in different things. Right. Like when Fred Savage does the Toyota commercials. <laughs> I probably haven't seen those before, but I would probably pick up on that. I don't watch much like regular TV, so... I just find it funny because it's just it's really random that it's Fred Savage. Like I have no idea what his connection to Toyota or whatever car company it is. It's just it's he's, uh, he's his connection is the money. I'm sure. I was gonna say that um, it's funny they picked these voices because I was like they could have just got some real Russian people to make these like accents like come off a little better, but they might have been like too hard to understand. Like some people were speaking in a right accent, and some people were really aren't. You know, like. All the side characters, I feel like, speak in accents, and the main ones don't really do it. Well, this is one of the first Vlad. animated movies to be entirely completed in the U.S., so no, they weren't going to hire anyone in Russia. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, I get that it's like seven years after the wall came down at this point, so it's <laughs> Russia's not doing its best. Um I didn't realize it was completed in the U.S., but it, like one of the things that, well, one of the first things I noticed was that this is the wildest uh fox logo i've ever heard like i turned the movie on and turned away and it scared me it was like and the tv was not that loud it's just that one part was super loud for okay. some reason well before we get to going too far like what was what was your impression of this movie before we, you saw it this movie i had a pretty good idea what was going on like this is the first time you've given me a movie where i knew exactly what i was getting into because i knew i like i didn't see this movie or any part of it. I thought I had seen part of it before, but I didn't see any part of this movie. But I remember commercials for it playing. I remember it coming out. I remember it being a thing, you know, it, 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 
And then I know the story of the, the actual people, which is what makes this movie weird for me because, you know, most Disney princess movies are about fairy tales. And this is about a real thing that happened. A conspiracy theory people thought happened for a long time. Well, I mean, time. significantly, though, this is they, not a Disney movie. It's very, it's very important because of the pedigree of the film. Uh, Don, yeah, Don Bluth it, and it, Goldman, who created this movie, they used to work for Disney, so which is why it has so much Disney flair. But it's very specifically yeah, yeah. not Disney. Like I, I remember, I remember wa- reading, not reading, watching a video about them leaving Disney, and about you know the video did kind of mention Anastasia offhandedly, but it didn't go into it. But although interestingly, um, if the Disney Fox merger goes through, Anastasia will finally be a Disney princess. <laughs> Yeah, that merger is, that's a weird, it's weird, it's weird that we watch this at this time, because it is, it is so very much like, I feel like Fox, Fox and Sony both have wanted nothing more than to break into the animation market, and they just haven't been able to really crack that code yet. Like, I think Fox did a good job with this, but, you know, they haven't done anything really this since this. This was their first animation, remember. actually. Yeah. And Sony just does terrible work a lot of the time like besides hotel transylvania and uh that meatballs movie i don't think they've really had anything do well animated wise and um it's weird to me that disney does such a good job of it because disney's they're not doing anything overly complicated it's just that they have a really good team and they have a really decent formula they use and they stick to it but they also varied enough that it works and I think here what makes this work so well is that it does just enough things that you don't see in other animated movies that just make it kind of stand out. Um, one thing I noticed really early on was the backgrounds in this movie look like paintings almost. Like, not like they just drew them and painted over them, but they have like a like sort of impressionist Well, that's the specific case for them. like the Paris song. Like, that's specifically set against like Parisian paintings. So... It gets it gets more distinct there, but you can also see it whenever she goes into the great hall and the old palace, and those ghost images right, are dancing I mean, on the wall. Right, but I mean that's also a kind of I think more of a shortcut for animation, where it's like we've got these pre-done backgrounds, and we're only going to animate these certain parts of the scene. I don't know. It it, it looked like a style choice. It it looked it looked really good. Like it looked. It. Looked I mean, it's really something that you see a lot like, in some anime too. So it's. I guess. <laughs> Like it's it, it's it's a budget thing, like because you don't want to have to like spend time like drawing everything over and over, even if it is digital. If you can only like animate a certain part of it, you're going to be this saving money. This is digital, right? This is like that kind of Futurama animation. It's on film, so I'm not entirely sure um, how they it's weird did their process, but it is specifically on film. I did come across that because there are some uh, there are some like computer generated things in it, but it, they're they really, stick like, out really badly. Yeah, there's a the music box. I think it is. Oh, and Rasputin's little reliquary thing. Ho- and his horse. The horse is really the horse at the end of the movie is like super CGI. Yeah, they it's stick like out really that, poorly. Even though, like, <laughs> it's really funny. The Netflix version of this is actually really high quality, but like, yeah, certain things just still stick <laughs> out really. <laughs> well, the Netflix version like, being high quality when you're an old movie makes it worse because you weren't drawn like no one was looking at this movie in 1080p. And to stretch it to that point makes it just look worse because it wasn't meant to be seen that well, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some, there's also some stuff in this that's really creepy that I don't think would be Disney territory, even now for animated features. Um, um I don't, early on I don't know movie, about that. There's a lot of overlap between like the the Rasputin character and then the witch doctor character and Princess and the Frog. But there's there's a part where Rasputin goes into like the, that little summoning room with and he gets his like skin sucked off his body. I was like, oh, that's really weird for that to be in here. Like it looked kind of dark. Well, the weird thing to me about the Rasputin character, like especially his character design, he looks so cartoony compared to everyone else in the movie, like who have drawn relatively realistically. And he's just like bones. <laughs> he's like falling apart too yeah and you know like his hands and shit pop off and there's some there's some gross shit with that like there's a part where he looks inside his own body and that's pretty disgusting 
And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, it's, what's fucked up about this really is that these are real historical figures. Like, you know, most of them are, well, mo- most of their entire bloodlines are dead more, more than likely, but like, you know, Rasputin and the, the, the royal family are real people that existed. And it's just weird to see like an animated movie take on like actual historical. I mean, like, that's not like it's ever been done. Like Disney's done that before. Which movie? Um, oh, Pocahontas, but that's further back. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's just because it's something's become kind of like folklore. That's kind of what makes it a fairy tale in some degrees. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, I, in, in my head, I think, oh man, this is like not even this is the twenties. This is like a hundred years ago. You know, there, there's some there's but some I mean, parts of it where I was like, this with with this story though, there have always been. Um, rumors of like supernatural elements to it like because Rasputin obviously was a real character as well not in the same capacity that he is in this movie but there have always been like rumblings about whether or not he cursed the family um if it was his uh closeness with the Serena that really brought them down like there's always been that kind of rumbling about it yeah I mean there's there's a there's definitely a weird element to Rasputin and his death account is pretty crazy too, like how they basically had to poison and stab and all those other things happened to him and he didn't die and um he's definitely a creepy looking figure, you know, in the period. Oh yeah, like there's and he's pretty irredeemable. Like even in the true historical version he was a pretty creepy person. Yeah, I, I read a bunch of stuff. I, I read about him recently, but I can't remember why. And uh, basically, there's just like a bunch of stuff about how he used his like holy man position to kind of seduce women and other other wild stuff that he might have had kids with different women and just other things like that. And, you know, it's, it's also funny that this movie takes place in the 20s and they're or like early 20s and they're, they're singing about how awful it's gotten in Russia. And I was like, well, if you think it's bad right now, wait 20 more years until that other war breaks out. And you guys are like in the, the thick of that because right like your country won't get a break until the 60s basically i mean and interestingly like so much of like the over like turn of like the russian like monarchy and everything like that was all very political but they cut that all completely out of the story oh no yeah that's my favorite thing that they just go oh it was his curse like he just cursed them and it, it, it over <laughs> Which, to them. i was like no that's not what I happened mean, at it all. makes like, sense because that is a lot to go into like and, the, and it would i think definitely make a lot of like you know the people like the royal figures in the film it would make them a lot less sympathetic in a lot of ways oh yeah it would make them look really and i mean they also because... like entirely gloss over the fact that the rest of the family was murdered horribly oh they don't even like they seem to act like they just vanished like oh, they're just gone <laughs> no they're dead like these people were dead and thrown in a shallow grave like they, they, yeah they talk about everyone escaping and then they're like but then they kind of like slowly mention yeah they're dead <laughs> Because because when they found Anastasia's body finally, it was it was further away, but they were just all thrown in like shallow graves, like, you know, just in a row together. And I guess she was just thrown into a one further away from the rest of the family. Did they actually find her body? I thought they weren't sure. I wanna say they found her body like five or six years back and they did a DNA test on it and they found out it was her. In it, it, it what their their whole thing was that, oh, she was just buried like several feet from everybody else for some reason. I couldn't remember if they'd actually found her body. because um, I remember that there there was that woman in the sixties that like a lot of people like vouched for saying it was her, but no one was ever able to conclusively prove despite the ear thing that they were going on about. <laughs> ear that's weird oh yeah they they took a picture of this woman's ear and they took a picture of anastasia's ear and they were like look her ear is the same and your ears don't change <laughs> was, that was like that was their evidence yeah i mean there's there's been talk of ear prints being um what do you call it being like a fingerprint almost mm-hmm. and yeah i just like that's not something that I think has really been that explored in forensics, <laughs> at least legally, to determine if that is a true test. I didn't realize that she was actually a saint, too. Like, when I, when I was looking up uh, Anastasia, that the Russian Orthodox Church gave her a sainthood. And, um, you know, kind of weird. Well, I mean, with her and, like, the other kids, like, they were children, like... 
I don't think you can ever really excuse their murder, even if you were, you know, opposed to like their parents. Like they were just kids. Yeah, the uh the actual Telegraph article says that they were found the remains were found and it was this was back in oh eight. And I don't think they've said anything since then. There was a another article about a woman claiming to be Anastasia that they tested her remains with DNA testing and she had no relation to the family. But yeah, like, I mean, I could see like it's it's one of those things where someone goes missing and it's at a time where it's so hard to track people that really if you showed up with the right items on your person, you could just claim to be that person and and, and fake it, you know? Right. I mean, that has that's been done before. Like, that's a trope in a lot of TV shows and movies. That's. That's the whole plot of this movie is, <laughs> hey, let's just, like, find some chick who looks sort of similar to her. and Right. Isn't it crazy you know. that, like, con men are the good guys in this movie? <laughs> the con men go into it like, oh, this girl is stupid, and we're going to just use her and pretend that she really is this person. Well, I don't know that they think that she's stupid. And I think they're like, she just has the, like, the right amount of, like, innocence, and we're just not going to tell her yeah. the whole thing. And then she goes along with it, and and he's like, oh, she tells that story about the about the uh the door in the wall and he's like oh that was me like it was really her and then you know then of course she overhears them talking about it and i was like yeah you know that had to that had to happen she had to catch you and run off or whatever right but it's like i also don't really understand what she thought they were trying to do yes they did say that they wanted to like bring anastasia to her grandmother but what did she think they were doing it for (laughs) like I don't know. Anastasia makes some, well, Anya earlier in the film, like, she makes some really weird decisions. Like, when she's deciding which direction to go after she leaves the orphanage, she's like, she I, could go, the puppy. I could go to the left where the, I know that there's a village because my orphanage got me a job there, or I can go to the right just because it's not that way. And I, I might find my family that way. I'm like, what if your family was to the left just because you had a job there doesn't mean you shouldn't go that way. <laughs> what if you're back in that village? Oh, I'm just going to go to St. Petersburg. Uh, Which, by the way, wasn't okay, even cool. called St. Petersburg at the time. Yeah, back then. I, that, bothered, that bothered the fuck out of me. I was like, that's not what it's called back then. It was then. Petrograd and then Leningrad. Yeah, like because those cities went under like, a bunch of different name changes depending on who was in control of the country at that it point. It wasn't St. Petersburg until like the 90s. So. Is it that late? Damn. I think officially that was when it was... It was Stalingrad after this. It was Leningrad. Uh, sorry, Leningrad after this. It was Leningrad and then Stalingrad uh, for a while, wasn't it? Um, I think and so. Then... It was definitely Petrograd at the beginning of the film, and then it was Leningrad like in the 20s. Oh, man. So do you know what's like, messed up about this really bad is that not only is it going to get really bad for those people in 20 years, that they're in the worst part of Russia for it to get bad because Battle of Stalingrad is like the worst of World War Two, like the worst of the worst. <laughs> And so, like, they were thinking about how awful it is they have to work in these factories and stuff. And it also got me is that no one had looted that castle. Like, the castle's boarded up, and she goes in there, and all these, like, all these, like, fixtures are left, and, like, all this gold and shit's just lying <laughs> well, around. Well, like, they're just, like, squatting Dimitri in there. there. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, Dimitri's squatting in the castle, Com- and he hasn't, he hasn't sold all these yeah, candle holders complaining about how he has yet. no money, like... like... <laughs> Melt this shit down and sell it. Well, I mean, in, in, in like, in, in real history, like, that was already a museum at that point. Um, really? It had been like looted and then it had been turned into a museum. <laughs> <laughs> of course it had been looted. Because the Russians basically invented rioting. I mean, the Molotov cocktail, that's all them. Right, like it like, was looted and then like as a kind of, a, I think, a measure of protection for it, they turned it into a museum. I also like that they basically, they basically used D&D necromancer rules for Rasputin because he has that little, that little power source that's like his soul or whatever. And... His magic is never really clear, though. Like it's never. Oh, clear it's not. His curse is not even do. clear at all. Like, if the curse like suddenly wakes up because <laughs> Anastasia's back in the palace, I'm like, what did, what was it doing while she was still alive? Like, it was like, yeah, what kind of shitty curse can't tell someone's alive or dead unless it's right in their presence? Like, oh, this curse has the power of two human eyes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right. It was like the, it's a very weird plot hole. There's a, there's a lot of puzzles oh, in this and, movie. <laughs> and I might have not been paying attention, but do they explain at all where the bat and that thing were flying to when he's when the, when the thing woke up? Where the uh, what do they call it? Um, oh, just his, I think uh, it's just it's well, like, they say that he's in limbo. But like they don't really like okay, so 
the, like how he the like is, is like, like zooming like, towards the floor and then all of a sudden he's in water and then yeah like the bat is just sitting there and he's just chilling like in the castle which is also where he's just living in this castle where they murdered these people well and he's the bad guy's he, sidekick sort of he's just kind of there for like a running commentary and then he's just like well i don't like this anymore i'm gonna go ahead and jet and he just <laughs> leaves at the end um of all the characters that get a spinoff he is the one he gets a spinoff he gets a prequel movie after this yeah do we need that uh, no, it, was a, we it was a straight to video like he fights like baba yaga <laughs> That's great. That sounds amazing already. Kelsey Grammer is also in it, but he obviously voices a different character. Uh, it, it was a reliquary. That's what they called it. The reliquary thing that he had um, flies like into the ground. It's like water, and then it's like an outer space for a bit. Or I think it's a different like, it realm. Looks, is all of what it is. It's a, it's limbo. It's a different realm. What it reminded me of was it like like that shit in Doctor Strange where she like knocks him out of his body and he's flying through like all those like black light pictures. That's what it looked like. Well, no, I just, like, I think it's just, like they, they acknowledge that he's in limbo. I think it just, it took him to a different realm is all that it did. And I was, I was happy to see that there's barely any Russian spoken in this movie, but we got three Dasvidanias, <laughs> which if you're going to say a Russian phrase, it might as well be goodbye. You also get a lot of, um, yeses and, and some no's. Um, mostly like in passing, obviously, but yeah, I don't even think I heard those. You know, they didn't they didn't get anything too crazy going on. Um, <laughs> this is pretty funny. The um, the dog's name is Puka, which probably means something. I didn't look at. Um, it. it's reminiscent of something that like that means like a shape shifting spirit that brings good luck or something like that. Is the dog a shapeshifter? No. That's just what it's he's okay. named after. <laughs> Did I miss something where the dog like turned into a white horse? Like in that one book? No, it's just that's what it's the name is inspired by. I think that uh the bat was super unnecessary. Like they were going for like an Iago thing, but Iago felt he felt like part of the movie. Like it's almost like no one even interacts with that bad character except for Rasputin. I don't think anybody does inter- interact with him. He might, you know. Well, it's 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 weird because he goes from being like on board with the evil stuff to like suddenly deciding he's not into it because like he offers to be the one to like try to kill Anastasia until later he's like, nope, yeah. this is a little too much for me. I'm out. <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm on board with three or four attempts at murder, but I'm not on board with that fifth attempt. Nope, no siree. Yeah, it's, it's like it's what really change, weird. What was your change of heart? And also, like, Rasputin, I don't know, like, he goes, his first show of power is really, like, over the top. He, like, destroys this entire train. Like, all I could think when I was watching that was that, like, this is going to fuck up transportation for months. But, I mean, like, the thing is, like, Rasputin really didn't even do it. It was, like, his little curse demons. Like, he wasn't really even controlling it. He just was, like, sending them off to do stuff. His damn, uh, what are those things called from Justice League? Those fucking weird dragonfly people? Oh, parademons? <laughs> it's those things. Yeah, his parademons went to go do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Because it, it was funny was that it was like they were contract workers. Like, they were on a, you know, on the clock or some shit. Because they didn't go out there and, like, immediately do the biggest thing they could. They went out there and did, like, a bunch of small things. And, like, were like, oh, we're going to treat this like Final Destination and kind of pushed him towards death <laughs> it's like and oh then the, the they end, keep outsmarting us oh gotta try something new and then yeah then they get at the end they're like oh we'll just turn into a big ass dragon and, and wreck the track hey let's just turn into a big ass dragon and just slam our hand on the train that sounds way easier than all this other mess you're doing melting the train couplings and i don't know what else they were doing they were flying around maybe they were rusty after sleeping for 10 years it felt like they were trying to be discreet and not show up directly in front of any of the human characters, but it didn't make sense why, because you're going to kill them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. is like, no one in this movie knows that they're under attack until the very, very end. <laughs> Which is funny because, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think about that. But yeah, she never actually comes into a point where she's like, oh, we're in danger. It just looks like happenstance. It looks like they're just like, oh, shit. You know, stumbling. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it just comes off as like, oh, you know, like a Rocky and Bowinkle thing where they don't really know they're being attacked by anybody and they just kind of bumble through it, you know? Right, and it's like, 
even in her confrontation with like Rasputin, like it's not really like, oh, it's you or like there's no real reason for it other than he he's trying to finish a stupid curse. <laughs> and she tackles, and she's just like she get it. out of my way. <laughs> oh, Anya's oh, a yeah, brawler. <laughs> Like, she tackles him, and I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense, because he's, like, all emaciated and stuff, and she's not big, but she probably weighs more than him. She's been and, an orphan. Like, she's been working her whole life, like... Yeah, with with the with the, the rate his body's been just falling apart at random, I'm shocked that she didn't knock him to the ground and he just broke into pieces, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been hilarious. Like... I don't know. It was weird, though, because you're right. He doesn't make himself. He doesn't announce himself to anybody. And well, they also don't even way, give him like, a reason for the curse other than he was turned away from the one party. Like, I mean, that's kind of like Maleficent in uh, Sleeping Beauty. But like, it's a little <laughs> like less like, clear because like at least in Male- from Maleficent, they, they acknowledge like, oh, yeah, this, this is kind of what they keep doing. She's never included because they think she's creepy. But yeah, I'm kind of tired of bad guys with these really like petty motivations like. And even petty and like that they spend years dealing with something and they don't get over it either. I mean, like, I think I like I really think the writers of this like did not know how to like condense like the Rasputin connection to the Romanovs in a kid friendly like short way. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to make somebody like basically extorting their power over women women for sex and manipulating a royal family. And possibly getting them murdered into oh happy kid stuff, right? And I mean, like because, this like, has a really dark other... opening for a kids movie, all things considered. Like, because <laughs> it's like all about them dying. But it's also weird that Rasputin didn't like they don't give kill... a reason why why Tsar Nicholas was like nope you're not coming in tonight when he. Well, I mean, I think the reason was that Rasputin came into the party and started immediately doing like weird magic shit to people and. <laughs> You well, know, no, he was like, thrown out before that. Green. Like he was, like there, oh, he's, right. he's like you're he not supposed to be him. here. Like they don't give a reason for that. Like they don't say they don't expl- explain the relationship before that and why that's a weird thing. Like, <laughs> wasn't he screwing one of their daughters too? I don't think so. He was mostly close with the Serena, um, and she had used him for like advice and things like that. So I don't think he was ever particularly like close the- to the Tsar himself, but. They just don't go into it. <laughs> they, they just like they also don't. They also don't go into why the king had to come down there and formally kick this dude out himself. Like you have guards and shit. Like just yeah, the guards had him. Like, I was like, just take him out. Yeah, just take him out of the party. Like, how did he get in? Like, was there no one at the door? Like, they just let someone just. Well, roll see, that's up the thing is, like, like here? if they could explain, like, oh yes, he's a regular fixture around the palace. Like, it makes sense for him to us not to like immediately throw him out, but like if something had changed, like. There's just like a lot more like probably like another fifteen yeah, minutes what, of backstory that you changed? need. <laughs> like what was what was their what was their entire reason? Like they don't explain why they threw him out. And then and seriously, he got mad enough to kill this girl and then chase her for ten years after he thought he had killed her over this fucking one party he wasn't invited to. Well, I think part of the curse was that once they were dead, he would be brought back to life, and that's why he wasn't totally alive. Oh. See, I thought he was selling his soul, and he's like, "Oh, once I'm done with this, I'll just go to hell." I guess, like, what? No, that's that that's what he sense. was like complaining about why why he was still stuck in limbo is because his curse wasn't finished. And he could go to Earth at any point because we see him do that. So he didn't think to go to Earth to look for someone who might be like alive once you know a year passed and he wasn't <laughs> back, you know, alive again. Like he could have killed that girl as an orphan when she was like all little and weak. He he but he waits like a decade or so and just like, why am I still down here? I don't know. They uh, they treat it like I'll it check. has something to do with like her like acceptance of who she is or something because it's like once she has amnesia, like he forgets that she's alive too. <laughs> Everybody gets amnesia. Super convenient amnesia. Because the girl before she like gets amnesia or loses her memory she's not a child like she's not like four or some shit she's like eight to 12 years old yeah like in the the movie she's eight uh in real life she was 15 (laughs) yeah i'm thinking myself see i actually thought she was 15 too at first i was like yeah wasn't she like 15 when they all died i've seen pictures of that girl she was like you know almost an adult like, I don't know how in 10 years you're 25. First of all, why are you leaving an orphanage at 25? 
But second of all, like, how did you forget everything about your family that you had for, you know, 12 to 15 years, but eight years even still to. Well, it's, it's supposed to be that when she fell from the train, she supposedly hit her head and that gave her amnesia. Oh, oh convenient movie amnesia that doesn't ever happen that way. Yeah. yeah. And then her memory gets jogged by people asking her questions. Like, seriously? <laughs> this one is like, how'd you get out of the castle? She's like, there was this boy and he opened the wall. You're like, I do remember that. I, I don't know. Your, I mean, but I guess before that, face. she was already starting to remember some things. So, like, maybe that one wasn't, like, as hard. But, yeah, she starts to remember a lot of things by the end of the movie. And it's like, oh. Yeah, she's like, oh, you smell like peppermint, and I spilled a bottle on the floor, and blah, blah, blah. It, it made more sense that they just made her four and made her, like, barely, you know, an adult when they, you know what I mean? Like, if they just made her, like, four or five years old, and then it would make more sense that way. Yeah. It was just, there's, a, again, a lot of popples in this movie that don't really hold up to a lot of extensive questioning. It, don't, it doesn't hold up really well if you, like, I mean, like, a lot of Disney movies are like that, but a lot of them are more simplistic. Like, you know, nothing really happens in fucking Sleeping Beauty that you need to analyze too hard. She falls asleep. The guy kisses her when she wakes up. Right. You know? But, but you know, if you start to, you start to, like, really analyze um, these movies too hard, you can get into some weird territory real quick. Oh, Yeah. Like we're real quick. Any of these movies, <laughs> like there's there's like a lot of things that like they kind of start and then like drop with this movie too. Like Vlad has his like little countdown of like Anya and Dimitri's like verbal sparring. <laughs> he yeah, score. That, that, they start that like once and they just and, and like when when you first see it, the list is a completed list. Like it's like thirty times in her in her account. Right, and it's like wait, and, wait what was he exactly like? How is he defining a win? Like what was going on there? By the way, the, by the, way the, the Paris song was the most unnecessary. Thing I that's the, like, like I really hate that song, truly. Like I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm like I, I wrote down that this is the low point of this movie, and I thought, man, I'm gonna write this down. And Laura's gonna be like, I love that song, and I'm glad you don't like it because it was. I was like, this is out of place, and it doesn't have any plot relevance. Oh yeah, that one and, was just like you know, really weird because like I know that they took out some other stuff that I think would have helped. Like they um took out a scene where Anya was like doing a song with like puppies in the orphanage like taking care of dogs and stuff which is why the one dog would then follow her i thought it was just like a wild puppy in the snow and she found him and <clears> that's what they did I mean, that's what they went with but like it definitely would have made more sense like if it like why he was so into her like like he's just being a puppy you know puppies follow people sometimes right but i mean like they'd also would have set up her character a little bit better too to be like okay she's in an orphanage right. she takes care of people like she takes care of dogs in an orphanage, and that's that's her entire deal, basically. Well, they otherwise they send you off with like nothing other than her being kind of a a brat. <laughs> I mean, like the entire idea of her going to the right because she was told to go left is stupid anyway. Like she could have just she could have just walked up and been like, "I'm not going to go work in this whatever the fuck it is factory," and then just gone to St. Petersburg because she wanted to. Right. Like yeah, like I said, her decision making skills for it were are questionable at best. Like, like the the writing the writing team in this movie didn't think what they were doing through at all because it's so easy to just say that she decided to do something out of like a will to be in the big city or some rumor she heard about her family being from the city or something like anything that would make her go to or something that was like I, I have enough money I could go to Paris but I have to get to St Petersburg to catch the train like. Yeah, or I can go to I can go to St. Petersburg, get a little job there, get on a train, and ride to Paris. Like, like anything to make this make more sense than I'm going that way because I saw a puppy on that side of the road. <laughs> like what? What kind of madness in decision making is that? Yeah, it just it's it it is it is no kind of decision making. It's it's her like not deciding things. And it's sad too because there's and that that's the thing about you said about the Paris the Paris sequence where it's it's a bad song and I was like it's sad too because that song is over one of the most beautiful parts of the movie but it's the worst song yeah it's... and the most unnecessary. Well, then so at the end we also have like Dimitri like struggling to tell her that she's not a liar, <laughs> which I find like why is he like, having so much trouble telling her that oh yeah, it is you you're not just making this up. 
Like, he has, like, the hardest time t- telling her, and then she ends up mad at him because he doesn't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Them getting mad at each other. And I, I always like that these movies, they can't just have people be friends and then, like, oh, we like each other, too. They've all got to, like, hate each other. Like, no one could ever just like another it's, person. It's, yeah, it's either, like, hate into into love or insta-love. Or, yeah, it's, it's either or of those things. Um... But, like, they, they try to make, they make them both kind of just snippy at each other for no reason. But, like, she gets all the best snips in. Like, she <laughs> says something about boys being stu- uh, boys being babies. Or she's men are such babies. There's another line where she wakes up and, like, slaps him in the face. And she's like, oh, it was oh, just sorry, you. I thought you were someone else. And she's like, oh, it's just you. It's fine. <laughs> and then there's, like, a third thing she says where um vlad is talking about this sophie woman and she's like is this a person or a cream puff and like all the lines she gets that are just like yeah it just it just cracks up that he just he has like the hardest time like telling her that she isn't a liar why is that such a, like a life-altering decision for you <laughs> he has a hard time it feels like like admitting to himself that he likes her and then it's weird because vlad is like upset that he got them together and he's like oh you know like I shouldn't let them dance, and I'm like, you do realize that even if she gets to her grandmother, like she won't be royalty again ever. Like she can't just roll back to Russia and get yeah. her throne back because <laughs> they'll just kill her. <laughs> like that's what they're gonna do immediately. Right. Well, it's also they keep calling her a princess. She's not a princess. She's a duchess. She's a grand duchess. Like there's a very big difference. Like it's a grand duchess, but I mean she's she's not a princess in any right. Russia yeah, doesn't right. have princesses. <laughs> like well, they're a duchy, right? Well, they're, um, oh, I forgot the term for it, because it's the Tsar and the Serena and then their kids, which are the Grand Duchess and the Grand Dukes. Like, and even if they were going to have princesses, like, a Duchess it ranks above a princess. Yeah, I mean, I think that people, I think that a lot of Americans, because we, we don't have a royal family, once again, back on this, <laughs> we don't understand how royal stuff works, because... <laughs> I mean, it's, someone, it's true. Like, I mean, I... I know how it works because, like, I'm interested in it, but, like. <laughs> like, I can't, like, like, there's there's different royal systems in different countries that don't always use all the titles that everybody has. Right. And I think that that's what people don't get about it. They just think that if you're using the word princess or king or whatever, you're using all those things. It's all in. It's just not that way. Yeah. Well, like, with princess, though, like, that is something that, like, that's a very Americanized way of looking at it. By by keeping calling her a princess, like I think that I really think that like it's it's just weird that they Americanized some parts but not others. Like they they kept the word czar, which is you know not a word that we are super familiar with over here. Not in terms of a monarchy, we we use it in some really other weird ways uh, within our yeah, government. Yeah, we use it in government. <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely it means something in Russia, like obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, my Russian history is not super, super great. But I do know that, you know, this is the beginning of a lot of turmoil for Russia in terms of, like, leadership. Well, especially the the Romanov family had been in control since, like, the 1600s or something. Yeah, they've been in control, like, 400 years. And and had been successful in their control. You know, they hadn't just been limping by or something. The the country had grown. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there there Um, were some pre- his infamously terrible rulers but that's true of you know any dynasty and it's it's funny that the the movie makes a point to talk about the mother and father they don't really mention her sisters or her little brother um, they, they show him a little bit but like they don't they don't really get into it yeah it, it just it just feels like they're like we want to let you know she had a family at one point but we don't want to talk about how they're all dead and shit because that's just sad <laughs> but it's actually just incredibly sad i was really into the anastasia story um i read i forget what the like the series of books is called but they were like a spinoff of like the dear america books but it was about like famous mm-hmm. um women in history like as they were when they were children and there's one about anastasia and it's like set it's told like as a diary from her perspective so i was really mm-hmm. into it <laughs> Because I read, that, I remember reading that when I was a kid, and I just really connected with hers particularly because I read a lot of them, but hers was my favorite. And it's in a super sad story, and it's real, and it's just terrible. 
I mean, like, and and what gets me about this is that it it is it is one of those things that we kind of it's historically it's far enough away from us at this point where you can sort of fantasize it up. But it it, it would weird me out if that you know in another fifty years or so someone comes out and makes like an animated feature about you know I don't know Anne Frank. And it's like a fairy tale or something, and she gets away. You'd be like, this is not good. Like, you can't do that. And, like, they just gloss over the whole Nazis thing and just go into something like, oh, Hitler had a magic box that made him take over (laughs) Europe. It's like, what? No, he didn't. I mean, by all accounts, he might have, but that's not really a real thing. I mean, I think the one thing about this, though, that is different is because there always were the rumblings of, like, the supernatural stuff with Rasputin, that that made a like sort of an in for a fairy tale style movie like Rasputin's one of the more recent accounts of an actual fucking wizard running around like there's very few of those in the 1900s there are some but like he's one of the more famous ones there's some catholic people that were supposedly like mystics or wizards and there was one guy who was really creepy and like mystic-y wizardy type guy in the 20s I think but most of those accounts end in the 40s and shit, you know, around the time cameras became a big thing. <laughs> and then, like, and Rasputin, by all accounts, like, there's multiple accounts of him being weird, doing weird shit, not dying easily. Uh, you know, there's other shit he was doing that just didn't make sense. And so. At least for the time period, kinda, it didn't make sense. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of shocked that. I'm actually kind of shocked that there isn't a supernatural episode about Rasputin yet. I give him a few seasons. I'll probably do one because he, he really is like, I'm, I'm shocked he's not a villain in more things because this movie actually kind of wastes him because he's so creepy, but they just don't have, he doesn't interact with them at all until like minute fucking hour and 20 minutes in. Maybe hour right. And, and then honestly, she just like beats him up and gets about her, her business. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, so you spent 10 years playing your revenge or 10 years, you know, stewing in, in purgatory or wherever the fuck you were and you get out and you're like, I got to kill this, you know, this one, like 105 pound girl who has been in an orphanage and I'm a sorcerer. What do I do? Oh, I just get, I just get like beat up on the ground by her because. <laughs> and let her stomp all over my power like, source with her heels. Yeah. Like. Just stomp on it multiple times. Well, I like when she like when she hits him the first time. She's like, or when she stomps on it, she's like, "This is for Dimitri." I'm like, "He was just like knocked out. He's fine." And like, what about your family that he killed? <laughs> and then she finally gets, "Oh, and this is for my family." <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny though. It's like one of those weird memes. It's like, who would win, uh, a, a powerful sorcerer or a ninety pound girl? <laughs> Apparently, a ninety pound girl who just tackled him off that. No, bridge. I said she's a brawler. Like. <laughs> She just got in there and she took care of business. She probably had to fight him for food and stuff, or fight for food in the orphanage and like fight other kids. So maybe that's what she got. It I from. mean, they did paint Russia as pretty bleak in that one opening number. <laughs> which uh, the one with the rumored St. Petersburg number? Or yeah, which one? that one. I-, I liked it during the opening sequences when they're showing the Civil War beginnings. They're like people are in the streets doing what should be fighting, but they're just kind of like moving around. They're not really like fighting. They're just like, uh, you know, like having like a riot, I guess. But it's like more just shuffling around by the train tracks. <laughs> I mean, we can't show a real riot. I I need I need to watch Princess and the Frog. I really do because I've heard some pretty good things about. Well, it. Well, maybe we can watch just... it for our podcast. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just start planning all our movies out this way. <laughs> and another thing about Anya being a brawler is like she, when she slaps Dimitri, that was a pretty well-deserved slap. <laughs> it's pretty great. Why did she slap him for? Wait, what was it? What, it was, it was in the, it's in the ballet him? theater at the Oh, when house. she finds out what he's, what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. And he, tra- and he tries to grab her, and I'm like, yeah, slap him. <laughs> yeah, he grabs her by the arm, and he's like, wait. And then she's like, pop. Just like gets him right in the face. Oh, yeah. That was, that was great. <laughs> Oh, did you like yeah, their elopement at the end? Like their super sudden elopement? Oh, their super super sudden eloping that didn't even get shown on screen. They're just kind of together after that. And then well, it's like they don't really even truly elope. Like they're, they're still eloped. in the same clothes that they were in the night before. Like, <laughs> like you, you had time to go into the palace to write a note, but you couldn't change your clothes. Like, How easy is it to elope in Paris at that time, I wonder? 
with like no money because they didn't have money. She didn't pay them any money yet. Well, she was wearing some they, fancy they jewelry. Off. She probably pawned that. <laughs> Just pawn. I don't think you can pawn stuff back then. You can um, pawn stuff anytime. What are you talking about? You just sell it. Like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you can't get it back later. Like, pawning, pawning means you can get it back after, like, a month or whatever it is they give you. Yeah, you um, could still do that back in the day. You still could do that. I guess it's like you're putting something down for a loan, basically. Yeah, it's, it's like credit. The, like, reliquary thing being stomped on, though, it seemed rather not resilient for it to be like this magic object that controlled all his like stuff like <laughs> it fell and then it didn't break for the fall but then like she just steps on it like in heels well i mean like it did have like that like what stone casing to like that beveled it aw- the glass away from things it, it was like a it was, it, was, it was like metal almost like it was i just assumed it was like stone sword. or something like it, and what is it supposed to be? Is that like his soul, or is that like, is it like a? I think it's like his powers. <laughs> it's a horror. Essentially, yeah, I think it's like his powers and like that could be related to his soul or whatever. It's a horcrux that he was carrying on his person. Well, I mean, after a while, like, I mean, it was hanging out in the palace for a while with the bat. By the way, did they, did they explain how he lost it? I don't, I don't remember. They don't really that. explain what happened to him that much, other than he went into the river, like. Because like he loses it, and he's like, "Oh, that's where that went." I'm like, "It was up on like the top of like a Your, column. Like, how did he get up there?" Well, the bat had it. That's how. Oh, he carried it up there. I guess. Yeah. That's weird. The bat was carrying it around. Yeah, the bat was guarding it. Like, bat was his little buddy. Like. A- <laughs> His little terrible buddy. Yeah. Who quits on him after. <laughs> and so there's also some really weird like, hanky-panky with Vlad and Sophie. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a weird... That's a whole weird thing. <laughs> yeah, that was like... I was like, whoa, we're a kid's movie here. In the 90s. Like... <laughs> Isn't there some weird stuff? Yeah, there's some weird stuff in Beauty and the Beast, so I can see that. Beauty and Not like that, though. Like... like- isn't there something in Beauty Beast with the feather duster and um and the can the clock or the candle and there's some weird sexual stuff there? There is, but it's not played like it is here, and it's it's all like just innuendo. It's not like I'm trying to remember. I thought that with the feather duster thing, like her feathers were off or something, implying she was naked. It was weird. I don't. Remember well, yeah, that's more, a, it's but, a, but it's all like I said, it's all jokes and it's all like innuendo. It's nothing like played out on screen. What happened here that you saw? Because I, I must have not seen that. Well, it's like they've you got Vlad and Sophie just like necking, <laughs> like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not normal in an animated movie. Like, it seems like a lot of movies they just kind of like go, like they kiss like once or twice. They kiss in the middle of the movie when they like, oh, we're gonna kiss. Like after a big song, they kiss, and then they kiss at the very end again. You know. Yeah. No, but you've got like Vlad and Sophie that are just like. <laughs> almost going at there's it no, for an animated movie there's no aladdin jasmine make out on that carpet like they're just like like, like all over the carpet laying down or something <laughs> <laughs> well then when i was reading when i was looking at some of the trivia stuff for the movie i found out like so bernadette peters who played the voice of sophie she was very unhappy mm. with the way that they drew sophie because i guess uh she thought that they made uh sophie fat and she didn't like it because that, that was at a point in her career where she was like had just like gotten really toned and athletic and stuff and she just was really pissed off the thing was is that like that was what vlad was like into like he was like talking about like like, it doesn't it's an animated movie like it doesn't matter yeah he was talking about her being like thick and stuff and like Vlad was like all about that he kept telling everybody about it i was like who are you yeah she's the the cream puff (laughs) yeah it's like who is this woman you're like telling everybody else about uh, just, just side character. It's just it's it's weird to me that like you know an actor had such like a visceral reaction against like <laughs> the character that was drawn. Like anybody should have been mad. It should have been Christopher Lloyd. He's like, why'd you make me into the <laughs> devil? Well, I mean, that's kind of what he signed on for. I would guess if you're t- like, oh yes, I'll sign on for Rasputin, I mean, like, please. You, you can be evil without being like like you can be like Jafar. Like Jafar look, looks normal. He's his body's not falling apart. Yeah, but shit. I mean, I think again, it's it's a cartoon like. I don't know. Also, I, I wish they wouldn't telegraph how people are evil so easily through looks. Like, it just sends a bad message to kids that anybody that looks evil is evil. 
because like you know you have like you you have your scars and your Jafars and your Rasputins and they all look pretty fucking scary and the the more effective villains are people like the guy from Frozen who I didn't see that coming that dude was evil as fuck like he just out of nowhere decides he's gonna lob someone's dome off like what you you know let someone die of illness like that was really surprising and it. Was, it seemed more effective. So, well, the interesting thing about they, that is, like, you talk about the, the Hans from Frozen. Like, parents were angry. They really? were They were like, our kids were trusting him. He was a prince. And then you made him evil. Like, they were so pissed that, like, he was not recognizable evil because, like, you know, people were, like, gravitating towards the character a little bit. Well, that's how real life is. Fucking, you know, maybe you're oh, little, yeah, your little kid. They're going to learn a lesson. A lot of parents were lesson. really pissed about it, which is interesting. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like I, I, I feel like those parents are probably like, you're teaching us that our kids can't trust anybody. And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you go home and your kids are told not to trust strangers. So like if they see a stranger who looks like Hans and, and they've been taught all their lives that guys that look like this are never going to hurt you or whatever. It's just, a, it's, it's the same thing with like the rapist thing where people think that rapists always are going to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And they're shocked that a guy who looks normal or good would do something bad. And like, that's one of the big excuses that all these guys use is that like, why would I rape somebody? I look like this. Like, that's just like the wrong message to send to people that someone who looks a certain way can't do bad things. Right. And I mean, that's, that's just something that in college when I was taking all my film classes, something that we talked a lot about was, you know, how good and evil are portrayed on screen. Cause it's, it's a coding. It's how you like, yeah, it's how you telegraph like story elements without actually having to like include it in the, in the writing or like the dialogue somehow. Mm-hmm. But think about how many times Disney has kind of broken away from that over the years. Like, oh yeah, think Disney's about Pixar. Disney's doing some pretty pretty subversive things for a company that is so mainstream. Okay, so I guess I can go to some funny things about the movie, like how it's had really weird cuts for an animated film. <laughs> like it had some really harsh cuts, <laughs> like especially like the scene where like she's trying on the dress on the ship. That's when I really noticed it. Like they just it was like jump cut. Jump cut. I'm like, how, why are you doing this? It's an animated movie. You can, like, animate something to transition this. <laughs> it just is an editing thing. And what's funny is, like you said, you can draw the movie to not have to be animated. Like, we made a comment about um, Rear Window and how there was not very many, like, large, like, the cuts in Rear Window were weird. But, like, they're cut in spots where, where there would usually just be, like, exposition time. He just cuts to the next part of that scene like when she changes clothes in the bathroom he cuts and she's coming out but this movie is like cutting in weird spots that like could have just been drawn differently oh yeah there's a lot again related to that there's a lot of like art mistakes with this um anya's hair art mistakes (laughs) anya's hair changes length a lot anya's hair is never the same length but even in the same scene um again the, the dancing scene on the ship her hair length changes from like down her back to upper back, like throughout the scene. And at the end scene, like like when she's like dangling off the bridge, like with Rasputin, like one time her dress has sleeves, the next time it doesn't. Like really, I didn't know. See, I didn't notice those. Yeah, like there's a lot of really weird continuity, like animation things. Like there's some parts where like Dimitri's shirt is tucked and then untucked, and <laughs> <laughs> I think I noticed one of those. And I thought that it had come untucked in something he was Well, no, because it, no, it starts untucked and then it gets tucked <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the scene. And it's like, nope, that wasn't right. Yeah, that's not how that was before. Yeah, but like her hair, like even in the beginning of the movie, like, would you have guessed that her hair was actually really long from the way she had it, was wearing it? Like, I wouldn't have. Well, I've, I've learned in real life that I can't tell how long any woman's hair really is. Because I've seen a lot of things where people just like pull out a bun out and their hair is like to their butt or something. That's a, I mean, if but that's a really bun. Thick, like they had her hair thing. in like a ponytail with like a with like a small braid around it, not a long braid, just a small one. <laughs> she had a hat on. Maybe it was tucked under the hat. No, no, she takes the hat off a lot. Like, <laughs> and they just make her hair look really short there. But then, like as soon as she changes into like her dresses and stuff, like her hair's long again. <laughs> I hate how everybody's clothes are always moving. Like, they're always, like, shifting and stuff. I mean, I do, like, I like a lot of, like, the clothes that they drew in this movie, though. Like, um, all of Anastasia's dresses, when she kind of is royalty again, her dresses are beautiful. 
and in the dream sequences and like nightmares and stuff they draw those differently like there's like a brightness to anything that's white in those that's not there in the movie because mm-hmm. the movie is really dull colors like i feel like that's just like how we picture russia like everything's just grayscale <laughs> over there pretty much but, but when she's in paris there's a lot more color to it and there's yeah there's a lot more color and then when she has a dream about being like chased by those or chasing those kids or whatever that's really bright too on the mm-hmm. boat when she gets up and like she sleepwalks out. yeah when she's chasing her brother and her sisters and like i don't know why that was that was such a weird dream well, that was those those de- demons that were like doing like psychological damage that time. <laughs> but at the end of the dream, like instead of it staying her father, it turns into like the devil, and it's like, well, she's gonna back up if that happens. Like, I, I think that was like her sort of breaking through the curse a little bit somehow, like realizing that it is like a trap. It's Rasputin's unclear ass magic again. <laughs> yeah, and she also wears some really cute pajamas later on when she's talking to her grandmother. Those pink pajamas. <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> pajamas. They were cute. Like they like had like a like they weren't like totally cropped, but like the bottom part of the top was like lace and see through. I don't know, it was like super detailed for <laughs> for an animated wardrobe, I guess. Yeah, it's just it's weird that like they went through all this stuff. Um And like some of her dresses are based on like real dresses that the real Anastasia wore another thing about these movies in terms of like the bad guys looking so evil is that if they're going to look that evil then at least have there be some awareness that they're fucking evil like in the case of jafar and rasputin especially like rasputin is dressed like a fucking wizard from some kind of bad fantasy movie like he looks like he works for sauron and jafar has a staff with a snake's head on it and no one thought oh this is a guy we shouldn't trust (laughs) like what (laughs) Well, I mean, depending on cultures, like, animals represent different things, though. Like, snakes aren't necessarily going to be bad for everybody. I, I guess so. It, it just, it feels like they're so cartoonishly evil, like Captain Planet villains, that no one should trust them. But, I mean, that's, again, that's the coding of the movie, though. It's not like, because if you're in the world of the movie, like, you're not thinking that person's evil. I, I actually appreciate when someone sees someone being evil looking in a show or movie and points it out. Like, I don't trust that guy because he looks like the devil. Like, seriously. <laughs> right, because like, I mean, like, Rasputin doesn't look like anyone, like, the royal family would trust. But yet somehow he, he had their trust enough to, like, lose it and then make him angry. Like, <laughs> I was going to just point out some stuff that was also based on some real things in the movie. Um, the drawing that Anastasia and her grandmother are looking at in the pajama scene. Mm-hmm. It's actually a real drawing by the real Anastasia. What, a terrible drawing she made? Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. Um, I said her, some of her, the dresses that they put her in are based on real dresses. Um, and the music box is actually real too. But it had a ballerina on it in, the, in real life. Um, Vlad and Dimitri were based on sort of real people. Um, there was a captain um a court minister captain a court minister kind of someone that was like the tsar's kind of his buddy his advisor sort of that they think vlad is based on because he was someone that after the family had you know fallen and everything he continued to wear his court uniform for like 10 years or something that's weird Mm -hmm. and dimitri was based on someone that they think worked in the palace (laughs) And he's also like a combination of someone that was also a prince that vouched for the fake Anastasia. Um, it's kind of funny that they, they went through a lot of trouble to make this movie that like accurate. I know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Well, so you, you, this was like one of the first um, animated movies that was not Disney to be nominated for multiple Oscars. Didn't win any of them, of course, but came out the same year as Hercules. <laughs> I was say my final bit of trivia uh, the role of Bartok the Bat originally written for Woody Allen Ugh. but after the, after Fox learned about the Soon Yi stuff they were like nope we're not going to give that to him <laughs> really Fox was that progressive back then to, to avoid that shit I'm kind of shocked apparently 
And then I guess Hank Azaria nailed the audition in less than 10 minutes. So, um, And then also this movie was recently turned into a Broadway show. Really? Yeah. Uh, came out. It was had its Broadway debut last year. So, I mean, it had been an Are we only going to watch movies that have Broadway plays now? <laughs> it seems to happen to a lot of them. Uh, they did take out all the supernatural elements, of course, for the Broadway show. Really? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is it about, then? <laughs> so what it's actually really political and dark is what it sounds like when i was reading up about it <sighs> it sounds terrible um yeah, i wanted it to be more about like a rasputin's nonsensical magic. yeah rasputin isn't in it at all uh what what the fuck this is just like that damn mulan movie with no fucking what's his face in it like that pisses me off so bad i was like no songs like what the fuck are you Mulan's doing? gonna have songs <laughs> anyway back to the anastasia musical so what they did was that they added um, the politics back into it, and they the the villains are um, political enemies of the Romanovs. So it's the boo. <laughs> so it's it's a guy that was the one that killed them, and then it's his son who was actually happens to be in love with Anya. So they added a love triangle okay. as well, um, and he's I like kind of. And so throughout the movie, he's like chasing her, and and she's aware of it. <laughs> like, oh, she's aware the enemies are coming for. Her? Yes, shocking yeah. revelation. <laughs> so, I mean, actually, I think it sounds really I good. Could, I could see that being cool. They've also aged her up again, it. so she's not, you know, she wasn't a child when it all happened. She was fifteen. What I would have liked better for this is if they had, like, sent Dimitri, like. Rasputin has sent Dimitri after her. But see, that's that's kind of what it is in the in the musical. In like Dimitri is a character as well. well I mean, but that she, makes more sense that way, though, right? Right. Like, he so, sends but her she's got the she's got the then. the son of the guy that killed her family, and he he mm-hmm. they they sort of have a thing earlier in the play, and he his his dad tells him to follow her and kill her. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, so Dimitri and him are like the love interests. Yes, I told you. There's a love triangle. Like. Oh, what's that? I hate love triangles. Well, but they can work. This sounds interesting to me. Like, because it's got a There's guy, too many of them. Because it's a guy that like he's into her, but he's also told to kill her. Like, it all it only works if this other character has got his shirt off like ninety percent of the time for no reason. Har har. <laughs> <laughs> it's like supposedly Russia. And he's just like shirt off, just like oh, I gotta get my abs out again, and just. Kind of show that no, off. I mean, I think it sounds interesting. I think it's a good improvement because I don't think you could make any of the, like the weird magic stuff work on stage. Like, I don't think there's any way you can oh, make man. that. I would pay, I would pay good money to watch people dress like parademons run around by a terrible trains and just push. Well, on I mean, shit they've got. If you look up the videos of like some of like the first look stuff for the Broadway show, like they make really good use of their set and they have a train set up on stuff. Like, it looks really good. They should have dropped that damn Paris song, too. I don't believe that one's in the musical. I think they they dropped several songs and then they wrote a lot more. There's only like three or four songs from the original movie that are still in it. The the songs that are fucking worth anything in this movie are like the December song and the fucking Rumor in St. Petersburg song. Like the rest of them could just go the fuck away. (laughs) Like the December one is plot important and it, it really like matches the movie's tone it's like all haunting and weird and then the st petersburg one is okay it's just it's there. well the journey to the past song is very important um that one's still in it obviously is there a, they see the rasputin song is obviously gone that didn't need to be that one's either. that one's gone but i guess that they use like some of like the the chords from it in a in the background of a different song that's pretty funny like a because that's actually a pretty good song it's just it's a good song but it just doesn't need to be there it just especially when you don't have really any motivation for rasputin to do anything (laughs) yeah like rasputin's motivation is that like oh i'm still stuck dead because i haven't (laughs) killed this girl yet and somehow i didn't figure out that was the problem yeah so that's uh, yeah this the songs are different um some of them have like changed order uh but i don't know i think the stage version sounds really good the amount of time we spend talking about Broadway plays based on movies that we just watched is pretty funny to me. This could probably be one of the last ones. Like, I don't can't think that there's a Broadway show for the next one. <laughs> so, what's our next movie going to be, Laura? 
All right. Our next movie is going to be Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh, that's the Tom Cruise movie, right? It is. And Emily Blunt. Okay. That's right. That's right. I've heard about this movie. It has an alternate title, Live, Die, Repeat, which does kind of make more sense with what the movie actually is. But Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, it's got like two titles because they didn't really like it. I don't know. It's weird, but <laughs> we'll call it Edge of Tomorrow because that's what you're going to find it under on most things. I mean, I thought that I, I thought Edge of Tomorrow was the only title I'd ever have. That's kind of weird that it has an alternate title. Nope, if you look it, it up it now, it's like, it's always, it's like, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Like, weird. Even the DVD, yeah, it's weird. So I think we've talked about all we can with Anastasia this week. And um, we're going to go ahead and end this pretty shortly here. Um, Laura, tell them where they can find us online, though. Find us at lastchancetheater.com and on all the social medias at lastchancetheater or on Twitter at lastchancethtr. And you can find me personally on Twitter at ctk86 and on Instagram at lensofjustin and also lensofjustin on Flickr. Laura, where can they find you? They can find me on everything at lauraxj. Really easy. Good branding. (laughs) Simple to remember. Yeah, I need to get with the program over here. All right, so uh, we'll see you next time in not next week, but the week after next. We're talking about Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat, whatever you want to call it. Pick a title. And um, Stick with one. Just make it consistent. Just pick either title. Search that title on Google. You'll find it probably. And so uh, from Last Chance Theater, I've been Justin. I'm Laura. Thanks for listening. Good night. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Good night. What am I doing?